Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. We are happy that you're with us today. I'm Sabrina, sitting here with Vicki, and there's just two of us today. I know it feels a little bit... A little lonesome. Yeah. But we have our seven sisters who are listening, so, so that's good. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Yeah, so today we're talking about um, something, we're, we're experiencing a little bit of a crisis here, two, two podcasters instead of three. I know, we, we've little... got a loss, it, it's, nobody's yeah. here with us. Yeah. Not that there's a crisis that made it happen, it was just yeah. other opportunities, and we're flexible, right? That's right, that's right. But uh, we're going to talk about crisis and loss today, and... Um... That's because our friends, Marilyn and Kim, are at a crisis training. That's right. So if anybody ever needs a crisis training, the ASSIST program is a very good how to help people in a like suicidal ideation kind of things. So it's a really good training. Very good. So we are glad that Marilyn and Kim are doing that because yeah. that is a blessing to our homeschool community at large. Um, mm-hmm. where they are in leadership at our local umbrella school and um, with a lot of young people who are sometimes in crisis because it happens it does and it happens to homeschool families there is crisis in the homeschool family world which is so unfair because you know we homeschool our kids so that their lives will always be okay all the time yes that's a perfectly attainable goal that we set when we begin <laughs> homeschooling. sure and then as long as we can control the universe and make everything go just the way we want it to we should be fine so I, I tell you what, I, you know, being a counselor sitting on the other side of the room, being counseled is one of the important parts of being, you know, professional. And I have worked for years on my law for the universe, which is everybody I care about should be okay all the time. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah, just, you know, really, I mean, we try to keep our kids safe, healthy, and happy. We do. Mm-hmm. But we know we can't control the universe, and it's not fair. It's not fair. Okay, so let's just jump in there. Life does indeed carry curveballs, and um, some of them are uh, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and some of them are flat-out trauma. Yes. And um, we need, <clears throat> pardon me, we need to have thought ahead of time about healthy and practical and God-honoring ways to walk with our teens and tweens when crisis happens. Yeah, what, so, what kinds of things are yeah. we even talking about here? Well, you know, in this day and time, you know, we, well, me, I started homeschooling back when they were still dinosaurs, so uh-huh. there wasn't <laughs> social media in those days. So kids' crises were different in those days, mm-hmm. so that, you know, teenagers might lose a grandparent or You know, there might be a car accident or somebody got sick. But these days you have not only those, but all the crises that the media brings because all of our kids are in the world of the Internet and social media. So sometimes it's just like political crises because things are amplified. You know, they get, you know, clickbait. Yeah. You know, things coming through their Facebook feed or Instagram feed or chat feed. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, and we have to remember that teenagers do not have the level of discernment and filter when they read stuff. So, if they read it and it's very 
uh, frightening in its language and it's very over the top, they may or may not recognize that, hmm, hold on, let me consider the source. Where, where is this coming from? Is this even accurate? So there's that huge um, response and there's even just adrenaline that starts pumping and all that kind of panicky kind of stuff. Um, but what about when it's closer to home? When it's uh, death, when it's um, diagnosis of a terminal illness, when it's a divorce, when it's a friend who is really in crisis. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to figure out how to walk with a peer through right. those things. Like the, these things happen and, and they've always happened, but they seem to happen more because yeah. the world is very hard. Well, especially again in the social media world. So they'll have more connections than our kids in the ancient pre-media days. And so they're more likely to run into a kid who is in a full-on crisis and is talking about that on their social media of one kind or the other. Mm -hmm. And so then our kids, who don't have a lot of life experiences, can fall into the trap of thinking it's their responsibility to keep that kid safe. Mm -hmm. And they have neither the tools to do that, nor do they have the god given ability to um figure out what all the in many cases a kid who's in crisis needs certainly needs parental involvement often needs professional involvement Mm -hmm. and you throw a 14 year old in there to try to provide and they just can't do it yeah yeah so then you've got this anxious worried kid and so part of what we're doing today is saying, let's give our kids some tools because they are likely to run into either some political crisis or a friend crisis of some kind or the other, or just lost of somebody that they care about. All right. So let's start by um, sort of giving, painting a picture of what a teen or tween who is struggling with a crisis may look like. And oftentimes parents are going to know what what is going on in their kid's life and um so you may know that such and such is happening um but that's not quite the same thing as recognizing why your kid is looking acting feeling differently than they normally do so what what are what are some of the things that a teen who's dealing with this tends to exhibit in terms of behavior and attitude yeah and and by the way if um anybody doesn't have time to write all this stuff down if you go to seven sisters homeschool.com and just in the search bar look up the word crisis we have several posts on this and um and a freebie yes yeah a number of years ago um marilyn and vicky put together a, a study essentially and, and looked at what are the things that actually do help us carry one another's burdens during a crisis and there's a free download that's just called carry each other's burdens and it, it came out of that. And it's very practical and very encouraging in, in terms of if you know someone who's going through something tough, there are really good choices that you can make that will help them. There are also some things to wisely avoid yes. that are talked about in there. So help yourself yeah. to that free PDF. So, but, but teens who are going through some kind of a crisis, either they're worried about a friend or they've had a loss or, you know, a tornado hit, you know, they... Their kids, when they go through something that's overwhelming, they will have different experiences according to their personality and how many crises they've been through. But you may see things like they may start getting angry. 
I mean, sometimes teenagers are angry anyway. Right. Um, yeah. But but more so. So um, so or a, you know a placid teen turning into an angry teen. Mm-hmm. So um, they they might just have Tony. You know, just might you can hear it in their voice, mm-hmm. or you might actually see non-compliance, like you're not going to make me do that, and uh, and that would be something that either is amplified or is new. Mm-hmm. Um, a teen that starts to isolate, mm-hmm. um, starting to get into fights with all their friends. You know, like oh, we were best friends, and now I'm never going to talk to her or him again. Oh, okay. Um, feelings of guilt and powerlessness, and teens won't say that. Right. But um, when you see that frustration, mm-hmm. a kid who's not typically super frustrated, mm-hmm. who just seems so incredibly frustrated and angry, a lot of times it's because they feel so stuck and yeah. powerless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, performance anxiety. So, you know, no team likes to take an exam, but this starts being over the top. Mm-hmm. So um, substance use. So teens who, who never, you know, slipped into using something all of a sudden starts. And homeschool kids, that may look different than a kid who's at public school and there's all kinds of things available. Um, But it might be somebody that's sneaking into the medicine cabinet or gaming for long periods of time. Like that's all of a sudden you see a change in that. Mm -hmm. Or all of a sudden eating every sweet thing that's in the house. And so you find that they start using things to, to cover up their pain in one way or the other. Um, behavior problems, just being cranky and picking on their siblings, and that's different than normal teenage <laughs> nice. level stuff. Um, eating problems, quit eating or starts. You see them sneaking food and binge eating. Um, seeking approval from adults outside the family. Now, teens are good at usually like um, connecting with their Sunday school teachers or youth pastors, or and and we'll talk about things, but it's um, we're talking like an excessive level. Okay. So lowered self-esteem, as if teenagers don't have enough trouble with that anyway. Right. But you right. see a big dip in they, I hate myself, and they quit caring about how they look, and and um, and you know just always self-critical, um, feeling rejected or alone. Um, you know, like you like you like the other kids better than me, or all my friends hate me, or looking depressed. Um, and sometimes they will tell you that I feel depressed or I feel lonely, uh, or just sometimes you just see them looking like you know the end of the world has come. Okay, so a lot of the things that we're talking about, we're talking about a change in an increase in because a, yeah. a lot of these things you struggle with somewhat from day to day when you're a teen anyway, because you're trying to figure out how yeah. to handle life. Um, so you you don't need to assume that your kid is in crisis the first time that yeah yeah look and you know as far as we have a gut right and and we're we really when we pay attention to our gut we go like something's, something's off, off here mm-hmm. and then you you can explore that with them so you know I feel something's off here can you tell me about your life okay so I'm just going to be difficult and and push for the flip side of this because I am guilty. I have been guilty less now that my kids are older, but I have been guilty of this in the past. When I know of a crisis situation in my child's world, mm-hmm. I become hypervigilant and I start looking for signs <laughs> that aren't there. And yeah. I check my children's temperature emotionally and spiritually so often that then they begin to have an issue with that. So how do we balance <laughs> that mom gut with also gotta let them walk through their own stuff and we can't just insulate them from it 
Right. And that's is 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 we all of us moms, we're like that. Like we don't want our kids to hurt. Mm-hmm. And so if we know they have been through a crisis, you know, like lost a loved one or there was a car accident or something like that, well, we know they're going to feel upset. And so we want to make them feel okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it because we're supposed to talk about it and, and turn into helicopter moms. Okay. So perhaps there's not one right way to yeah. walk through a crisis <laughs> yeah. and trauma and timing can be really tricky to figure out sometimes mm-hmm. that the time frame under which i would march yeah. march through things you know is very different right from my kid and and grief is a good thing so it's not like you know if grandmother died and your teen was very close to grandmother she is going to feel so sad mm-hmm. and feeling so sad is a cleansing thing that's what grief is and so you 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 know you wait and you watch you give them a chance to be sad, um, and then you watch and make sure it doesn't slide into something that is um, depression or something toxic. Good. Yeah. So yeah, this not one right way thing. It's a little pain in the neck uh-huh. at times. So we want our kids to just be okay all the time. Indeed. All right, so let's talk about some things that we can do to help our kids be okay in the midst of it being hard. Yeah. So what are what are some of the do's? So, and we could probably think about things, you know, that we have done yeah. right with our kids. Yeah. So the uh, one thing is just to give them hugs, mm-hmm. unless they're the kind of kid who hates hugs. <laughs> and there um, are a few of those out yeah. there, and that's okay. <laughs> or just physical presence, just sitting with. And, you know, that works for grown-ups, too. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I can remember one time um, years ago where I had a really tough experience. And it uh, wasn't exactly a, a crisis of, you know, magnitude of, I don't know, like off the charts. But it was just something rotten. And I remember my boss just sitting quietly in a room with me. Because I just didn't have any words at that moment. And, and that's uh, something. Yeah, that's one, one of my most vivid memories from when I had a baby who died back in 1996, long time ago. Um, but I had a, a daughter who was born with an incomplete central nervous system and she passed away about an hour and a half after she was born. And a couple of hours later, I had been moved up to my private room at the hospital and um, it just happened to be a moment where there was really nobody there with me and I just lost it. Mm. And in the midst of this, a man from our church got to the hospital, was meeting his wife there, and he got there before her. She got delayed in traffic. And he came on up thinking that his wife was going to be there. Here he walks into my hospital room, and I'm sobbing in my bed, and there's nobody around. And this was a very soft-spoken, like not somebody that I was super close to. I was yeah. close to his wife. but. Yeah. And instead of running away, he went and he sat on the windowsill in my room. And, and he just, just sat, sat there for 20 mm-hmm. minutes. He said nothing. He just sat there. And I've always, his name was Walt, and I've always thought Walt on the windowsill. Sometimes you just need to be Walt on the windowsill for somebody and just sit. That is a really good illustration. Isn't that curvy? Yeah, Walt, Walt on the windowsill. Window Still so thankful for that. Yeah. Okay, so physical presence and, if appropriate, physical touch. Um, what else? So finding new routines, like when there is a loss of some kind or a crisis, you know, a tornado or something and everybody's, um, you know, disrupted, then you make a new routine because you can't, the old ones lose their meaning. 
So it, it doesn't mean like everything is completely new, but find something to do a new way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, d- take your, your homeschool day and dump it out, you know, the box out and say, okay, you know, for a month, we're not going to do any math because math stresses us out and we'll just finish it up in the summertime. And that will be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And flexibility, like we were saying, even in the mm. small things, we, we are down a podcaster today and we're going to be flexible and it's, it's, you can get stuff done in new ways. Um, taking care of basic daily needs is a part of that. And sometimes yeah. you're having to do that in new ways, Yeah, but you don't want to lose basic self-care stuff for you or your kids. It, it's so easy in a crisis, especially if the whole family's in a crisis to forget just the basic daily drink water, eat food, go sit out in the sunshine or take a walk, get some sleep. Those basic things that kind of keep your body and soul grounded. So sometimes teenagers and and younger kids will need a grown-up to, on purpose, say, here's a glass of water. Let's drink Mm -hmm. our water right now. But as grown-ups, if we're going through a crisis, we need a friend to come right. say, here's the meal, you know, right. you don't have to cook supper today. And it's one of the most helpful things a person can do. Excellent. Our sister Kim, she says, we're going for a walk. Yes, she does. Uh, how many of us have in a tough time, Kim shows up and says, we're going for a walk yes. now. <laughs> yes. You know, what else Kim does is uh, she will do what she calls drive-by huggings. When someone is going through a crisis and also absolutely swamped Mm time-wise and there's not time to take them for a walk, she will just show up unexpectedly, hop out of her car and say, this is a drive-by hugging. And she hugs them and then she gets back in her car and leaves. (laughs) And it's wonderful. And sometimes she'll just send a voice to text, text message to you. And it won't make any sense at all. No, John and Mary Taters. But it is great comfort when That's she does right. that. That's right. Um, okay, so uh, to talk about it or not to talk about it? And when are you talking it to death? And when do you need mm-hmm. to tell the story? Oy, how do you do that? So years ago, I got to work um, with the government on a crisis debriefing situation that um, happened. And this is this rare, you know, once in a lifetime thing. Just and, in case people don't know this, that's not just because Vicky was a cool homeschool mom. It's because she's also a counselor in yeah. her other life. So, yeah, yeah. And it just happened to be I was the in whole professional thing. the right place at the right time for that. But so what the, the, the guy said was that um, in a big crisis, and that's defined differently for each person, um, uh, they need to tell the story about 19 times. That's a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. so one of one of my jobs was to sit and listen to the story being told over and over again. Um, and so that doesn't mean you do it in one setting. But right. so kids, if you think if they have been through a crisis and need to tell the story 19 times, they may need to write the story. You know, if they're a writing kid, that helps. Um, they need to tell the story to you and to your friends and to the youth pastor and you know, just to use words and get that story verbally out. Good stuff. So you can't, yeah. So if they look at you and say, I'm not talking about it. Well, you can't say, but you have to. You've only told it three times. <laughs> I've got 16 more to go. I mean, you could say that. You just don't want to put the panic into it. So, uh, yeah, there's not one right way and teenagers are hard anyway. All right, so let's just tie the laughter part right in there because actually... Um, 
here I'll tell a story on myself. So uh, several years ago, we we had a cat. Um, uh, we're pet people, and um, we had several cats, but we had this one cat that had been a part of our family for 16 years, and he was just the indestructible cat. <laughs> he was he was very large. In fact, one of Vicky's sons once long time ago was probably 12 or 13 years old, but came into my house and stepped into the laundry room and the cat was in there and he didn't expect it and the cat sort of stood up and stretched and (laughs) Ezra said there's a panther in the laundry room (laughs) he's a very large black cat but anyway he had been such a part of our family and he died and and he died in a pretty car hit him and and my daughter who is part animal uh, in a whole I mean we're all animals but anyway she's such an animal person she was there for it and so upsetting to her and um a couple of hours later Vicky came by the house to pick something up and Becca was still sort of overcome with all this and Vicky said tell me tell me the story tell me what happened and Becca told it and she said um she said, how many times have you talked about it so far? And Becca's like, you know, I called I called Casey and told him, and, and Seth was here, and I told Seth. And and Vicky said, okay, so you've told it three times now, but you still have 16 to go. And we all just <laughs> cracked up because it was a good time to laugh, yeah. you know? And so you need to create those moments where you have permission mm-hmm. to laugh right in the midst of right. the ugly. Um so laughter. Yeah. Even if it means you go to YouTube and find Goofy like I has cheeseburger uh-huh. things and watch them and force a laugh or two. That's not being in denial about the pain. It just gives right. you a break. Right. Uh, happy experiences go hand in hand with that. Yeah. Really. It's like, and you know what that feels like, you know, Kim coming by and doing mm-hmm. a, a drive-by hug. It just feels better. So it doesn't cure the problem. It just gives a little bit of okay. So for teenagers, they need a, let's go on, you know, go see a movie Mm -hmm. or go to a different field trip or go like something Mm -hmm. that is fun for them. Right. You know, have their friends over, you know, for a sleepover or something. It just makes them positive. Right. Um, Relaxation techniques. Yeah, it can be very hard to relax. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these days the hip word is mindfulness for, you know, Mm -hmm. to find mindfulness. But what we've taught our kids is the relaxation breathing kinds of things. And, uh, you know, we make all of them do it. It's a psychology lab. So you do deep breathing. And uh, for for moms who want to teach their kids deep breathing, if they go to my website, VickiTillmanCoaching.com, there's a freebie download on how to do deep breathing exercises that are really good for as a lifestyle because oxygen does lower the stress hormones. So it doesn't solve life's problems, but it gives the body more to work with. Excellent. So it's, right. it's called progressive relaxation at Vicki Tillman coaching.com. It's a freebie. Excellent. Um, and there you go. Seek help from a professional when you need yeah. it. Yeah, And sometimes you just have to do that mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. good. Art and, and music is therapeutic. Like you tell the story in music and in and paint or Play-Doh or uh, that, it sounds mm-hmm. cheesy, but it's not. It's not. It's, we have a whole part of our brain that helps our body and soul heal better if it's creative. And you know it, it what it feels like when you hear a song that just says what you're feeling. Yes. Yep. 
And so yeah. you listen to that song over and over and over again, because that really is like God gave our brains music and art to help it heal mm-hmm. and to enjoy the things in life that are good too. In our local community a few years ago, we lost a young lady to suicide and it really rocked the whole community. And we had a couple of days where we gathered for some group healing and mm-hmm. um, and we had things like Play-Doh and puzzles and things set out. And we ended up with a group of teenage boys who sat in a circle with me and learned how to crochet a chain stitch. Yes. Which I never in a million years would have thought any of these boys would have picked up a crochet hook. But they sat there for over an hour talking and Mm -hmm. crocheting. And there was something so beautiful about just pulling that hook through the yarn over Mm -hmm. and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't understand it, but it works. Yeah, they weren't telling the story like getting up to 19. They were just talking about, well, this is hard to get this hook, you Mm -hmm. know. But in the group doing something creative together was very powerfully healing for them. Yeah. So we don't have to understand why these things like breathing yeah. and crochet hooks help but it, it does introduce them to yeah. your kid and don't don't feel like you have to explain why this is going to help just we're just going to do this we're going to try this we're going to go for a walk we're going to whatever all right what are some things not to do some of the uh, don'ts so don't say you shouldn't feel that way oh my yeah i mean it'd be more convenient if people didn't feel oh. that way but you should not say that not helpful no another thing not to say is i know just how you feel yeah. Has anybody ever said that to you oh and you just my. want to pull your hair out? No, I just want to pull their hair yeah. out. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't know how I feel. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> or, and you don't want to say, I know how you feel. Let me tell you about my trauma. Mm. So, you know, if a person's sad, let them tell you their story. Your story can wait till another time. Yep. And actually, it can wait to another person. Don't, mm-hmm. don't dump your traumas on yeah. other traumatized people. Hi. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, unsolicited advice. Here's what you should do. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like you can't fix other people. Don't Mm-mm. they if they didn't ask your advice, Mm-mm. don't give it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um don't avoid the person. You know, that's really hard because it's it, it, there's so many don'ts. It's hard to know what to say. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we people just avoid because they don't know what to say. So it's better just to say, I'm sorry, you know, like it, or I know this is hard, um, but I think don't it's avoid. even okay to say, I don't even know what to say. Yep. That is such a loving thing. When people say yeah. that to me, it's so validating that my mm-hmm. pain is real and matters to them. Or like Walt on the windowsill. Walt on the windowsill. Yeah, just don't say anything, just be. So how do you balance not avoiding people with respecting their privacy and respecting boundaries that they've put in place? So sometimes people will say, I just need some time alone. And, you know, a a teenager might say that and, you know, I just need to be in my room. I need an hour off. Okay. If it's three days, no. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, you watch you for trust that mom gut and that discernment yeah. from God again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't assume that there is a cookie cutter for this process and that mm-hmm. everyone marches through grief or trauma or crisis in the same way. It's it, you know, there's mm-hmm. not one right way to homeschool, and there's <laughs> not one way to go through a crisis, which is hard because we'd like to have a formula we oh, can yes, follow. Oh yes, we would, and we could guarantee the outcome, and that's all we want as yes. moms is a good outcome. Don't forget about self-care along the way. Yeah. So family goes through a crisis. Mom has to take care of herself because she's got to keep the family rolling. Yeah. When, when 
my first husband and I divorced many years ago, that was tough because, mm-hmm. boy, was my to-do list very, very long. And um, I had good friends like you and Kim and Marilyn talking to me about taking care of myself. And I remember it making me angry. Yeah, there's no space for no. this. Yeah. No. So the things that made it possible for me to mm-hmm. do it were the practical things that some of you did, like bringing a meal. So that I was off for the 45 minutes that I would have spent throwing some dinner together. You didn't I get a meal did. from me. Well, no, I didn't get a meal from you. <laughs> it does not bless people when I bring them food. <laughs> if you don't believe this, you can read the blog post at sevensistershomeschool.com, The Legend of Doghouse Soup, if you would like <laughs> to, to hear about it's, Vicky's culinary. And it is legendary. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sometimes when you are helping your teen take care of themselves, you could do that by temporarily removing a responsibility yes and if they have not been going for a walk mm-hmm. then you can say okay guess what you don't have to collect the trash and take it out right now i'm going to do that and i would rather that you took 15 minutes to go walk in the sunshine with the mm-hmm. dog or yeah. whatever so you can you can lift something off of their to-do list yeah. but it's in exchange for but you must do something good for you and right go now. yeah yeah you go take a rest or a yeah, whatever a walk. it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And don't get in God's way. Mm. So we can't rescue. Mm. We can't make the universe all okay. That, but God is in the healing and redemption business, and we can that trust Him with that. That He is. All right. So just to kind of wrap this up, we want to remind you that there is a free download at sevensistershomeschool.com in the ebook store that's called Carry Each Other's Burdens. And there's another free download at vickytillmancoaching.com that is on progressive relaxation. And if you are looking for um, some of this kind of learning for your teen too, if you decide to use Introduction to Psychology from a Christian perspective, which is in the sevensistershomeschool.com bookstore, there is a whole section in there on helping a friend in crisis because our teens are going to have crises of their own and they're going to have friends with whom they will walk while life is happening in a hard way. (laughs) So we hope that today's podcast has been encouraging and equipping for you and for your teens. We hope that you'll share a lot of these ideas with your teen before a crisis hits in their world so that they feel like they have some tools. So they already know what to do ahead of time. Yeah. It still will not be easy to do it. But right. that knowledge beforehand is is a really good gift yeah. that you can give your teen. And if you're looking for more in terms of practical, uh, encouraging, equipping information that will be a help in your homeschool high school, come on over to sevensistershomeschool.com. There are lots and lots of blog posts on every topic imaginable. And our goal there is to be your big sister and to just help you get a hold of the things, the information, the encouragement that you need to homeschool high school. Because you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. So thank you for joining us today. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. 